0: This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. You are darn right it is The Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier. Great to have you for the ride this afternoon, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station all over the country, radio and TV, plus the live streaming and podcasting thereafter as well. Thanks for hanging out with us today. On a midweek, it is the post-post-Monday, the pre-pre-Friday celebration. It is also something better than that. It is way better than that. It is St. Patrick's Day. It is the greatest day of the entire week, of the entire month, of the entire year. Oh, yes, I did throw that in there. And we'll have some fun with the program today with the celebration. If you do not celebrate, then the heck's wrong with you, man? I have been enjoying the Irish music today. I have yet to break into the adult beverages, but that'll be happening at some point tonight or just delayed until this weekend. Not really sure. Uh, we do have Mrs. Voice of Reason that has been making the corned beef and cabbage for dinner tonight. That's what I'm talking about. So let's get this going, shall we? Today, your Millennial General reporting for duty the way we do every single day. Welcome into the show. You can find us on our social media at Hoosier Reason, H-O-O-S-E-R Reason on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, LinkedIn, also on the Parlor, which Parlor is back up, and on our FreedomBook.com. All the websites you can find us at Hoosier Reason plus the website itself at who'syourreason.com. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we have Julio Gonzalez. He'll be joining us uh, to talk about the tax bills, the spending bills, the details of the COVID-19 relief bill, and all the money going out of Washington, D.C. Have you received your COVID-19 stimulus check? That's the next big question, as many of the direct deposits have gone out as of last night. So some individuals have already received it, and what are you going to spend it on? I would like to spend mine on firearms. Why? Because why not? If they're going to get rid of them, I might as well use the money that the government gave me. Thank you so much, government. I truly, honestly appreciate it. And I'll use it to buy firearms that they don't want me to buy, <laughs> because I'm just that kind of guy. Is this the voice of reason? Is your safe space for absolutely nobody here on the show? <laughs> But without further ado, it is, as you as I mentioned, the greatest holiday. Now, I have to admit, I have not gotten into the spirit nearly as much as what I usually do. Usually, I'm playing the music uh, leading up to starting in like January all the way up to now, and I have not done so. I did wear a green shirt today. I have my green shirt, but I usually go a lot further than that with the hat and usually with maybe some green hair or something. I was going to do the beard green today. The problem was is that we're still unpacking after all the moving stuff and trying to get settled in, and I couldn't find all the St. Paddy's Day Celebration items. So it was a little bit more on the loosey-goosey side this year, but that's all right. We just build up and have some more fun for next year uh, as much. So there's a lot I want to get to today. It's obviously a one-hour program, which is a very difficult thing to try and cram as much in as we do here on this show. There's an incident with a murder that happened down in Georgia with a mass shooting at a massage parlor. We'll get to that here in just a second. Why is the media pushing this one really, really hard? And uh, making such a big deal out of that. So we'll talk about that issue. We have a recall going on in California with Gavin Newsom. We'll get to that in a minute as well. Plus, we'll talk about some of the economic stuff. Why? Because I'm a dork like that. But before we get to all of that, we like to do our traditional St. Patrick's Day celebration on the show. And I have for you a couple of different things. Number one, we'll get to in a minute as well, is... The ongoing discussion of identity politics in the country, which drive me absolutely nuts. But if we're going to go there, let's go ahead and have a conversation about identity politics, shall we? I want to talk about that in a second. But I also have, as what David Letterman used to do on the program, was the top 10 on a certain topical issue. So today, ladies and gentlemen, we have our top 10 fun, interesting facts about the Irish and Irish Americans in Ireland itself. The top 10. Number one, I don't know if you're aware, so some of these will be like, of this is really dumb. Others might actually get a kick out of this. I don't really know, but it's my show. Number one, more Irish actually lives outside of the country of Ireland, where there are roughly 6 million Irish that live in the country of Ireland and roughly 80 million individuals that live worldwide that are of Irish descent or actually Irish themselves. Number two. That really puts things in perspective, doesn't it? The country itself is pretty small, but they've gone everywhere. Number two, 2% of people in Ireland actually speak Irish daily, like Gaelic. 2%. I would have thought that number was a little bit higher, and with their accent, you don't know what they're saying in half the country because of how thick the accent actually is. Number three, more Guinness is sold in the country of Nigeria than it is actually in the country of Ireland. Who would have thunk that one? more Guinness sold in Nigeria than they did in actual Ireland it actually looks like Ireland outside by the way today because of how rainy and dreary it is it looks like we're in Europe right now so I guess that's heightened the celebration experience today at least in the Kansas area and Wichita area for me it's raining really hard right now so I really want to go outside and like flail around with this music on because why the heck not? Number four, Ireland ranks number six worldwide in average consumption of beer per person. Why are you number six? You need to up those numbers a little bit. You make that number one because you have a reputation to uphold. And yes, I did use identity politics and it's okay because I am one myself. So therefore I can be self-derogatory, I guess, by being a drunk, which I am not. But, you know, hey, beer consumption, there's nothing wrong with it. Number five, the longest name of a town is a town that I'm not going to try and pronounce, but I am. Uh, it does happen in Ireland, and it's a very, very, very long name. And we'll try and play the audio of it in just a little bit. Number six. The, ha- the, uh, uh, the holiday of Halloween was actually derived from an Irish festival called Samhan. In an old Gaelic Irish uh, religious ceremony, in a festival. And that's where Halloween came from, which I was not aware of. I thought that came from Central America where they had the Day of the Dead, which is around the same time, coincidentally, but the Day of the Dead, really, where you could reach out to dead ancestors during that time and celebrate their life and try and visit with them once again and bring them offerings. But Halloween itself, the Halloween holiday came from Sam Han, the Irish festival. Where'd my music go here? What's going on? Let's try that again. There we go. All right. Number seven, 10 million pints of Guinness are produced out of Dublin, Ireland every single day. Number eight, the White House was designed by an Irishman in the United States. Not sure if you're aware of that one or not either. Number nine, 9% of Irish individuals are actually ginger. When you think about the Irish and the Scotch, you usually think of the red hair, and only 9% of Irish are actually ginger. And the number 10 most fascinating Irish fact today on St. Patrick's Day is since 2009, it has been illegal to be drunk in public in Ireland. What the hell's wrong with you? The heck, man. As we try to celebrate St. Patrick's Day, and now I know that it's more of a holiday and tradition here for uh, Americans because we do like to wear the green and go a little crazy and have the adult beverages and, and just go nuts with it, and it's more of a religious holiday in Ireland. I get that, but at the same time, you got a reputation to uphold here. Let's, let's set the bar a little bit higher, shall we? Welcome into the program. Great to have you today. It is a Wednesday. It is St. Patrick's Day, and we absolutely love it. One part that's a little bit more on the serious front that a lot of people don't like to talk about is the... Discussion of slavery, indentured servants, and uh, what really happened with U.S. history, which I find fascinating as we talk about the uh, identity politics in America. We have right now a COVID bill that bails out minority individuals as farmers. And gets rid of some of their federal debts and loans uh, because we want to do reparations for certain individuals, which I don't understand. I don't know where that DNA line is it's like, well, you're 51 percent, you're 49 percent of this or that or whatever. You can get it. You you don't qualify. You can qualify. And then if you just self-identify as then I wonder where they go with that discussion as well. But what we don't talk about is really the real history of America. And I know that we get a lot of heat for this every single year and I don't really care. But as we talk about slavery And how there's a certain group of individuals who are just by default victims in society now is what they try. Not everybody, obviously, but what a lot of the messaging is, is they are by default just victims because they were slaves. Their ancestors were slaves all throughout U.S. history, which was true. And is it terrible? God, yeah, it's absolutely terrible. It's horrendous. At the same time, we don't look at some of the other cultures as well that have also been enslaved in the United States between the Asian population with the Western expansion Manifest Destiny, where they were brought in to build the railroads. Those were slaves as well. The Hispanic population that was enslaved as we did also the Western expansion and the Manifest Destiny in fighting the Hispanic culture and really enslaving many of them. Even if you go further back than that with Christopher Columbus, with how they treated some of the native tribes back in the day, you know, evil white people, right? But at the same time, There were, quote-unquote, indentured servants of the Irish that came over in the 1600s before we even were technically colonies or before we even started as a nation. And they say, well, Andy, indentured servants and slaves are totally different. Yes and no. They kind of are, but they kind of aren't. I mean, they were enslaved. You could freely walk away, but at the same time, you could walk away, but your child had to stay. You could walk away at any time. But we're going to create the scenario to where you're not able to because financially you can't walk away. You have to pay us for rent. You have to pay us for X, Y, and Z. We're going to pay you a little bit, but we're going to pay you just enough to where you pay it back to us, to where you don't have enough to save up. You don't have enough to go off on your own. You're still going to work in terrible working conditions. Not sure if you've seen, like, the early industrial uh, industrial revolution here in the country, the early 1900s, with the, you know, child labor, before we put in child labor laws. Who was working those, by the way, at six, seven, eight years old? The indentured servants all the way back then in the 1600s. Who was working that? It was cheaper to get Irish slaves to do that and bring them over. And, oh, here's a new country for you. You can do whatever you want to do. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. You can live the life that you want. You just got to work for us. Okay, well, you can save up and you can leave. Once you get enough money, but we're not going to pay enough to do that. And you can leave, but your child's going to stay. Now tell me how that's not slavery. Tell me how that's not a bad situation. And they lived in poor conditions, and they worked in poor conditions, and were they necessarily beaten? I don't know. This is what drives me nuts about identity politics is because everybody at some point in history can claim some form of victimhood. At some point in history, everybody can claim some form of being abused or being taken advantage of. Their people, their culture, their identity, their whatever, can be used as uh, as a prop for what was being taken care of. But Andy, all the white people were bad. In Europe, all the white people, they were they were the ones that were just enslaving, and they were the ones, they were the white power, the white privileged ones, which is not true. And obviously, you don't have a whole sense of history if that's what you actually believe. Because you had, in Europe, you had Jewish individuals. You had the Russians, you had the Germans, you had the French, you had the English, you had the Spanish, you had the whatever, and they were always fighting against one another and they would actually enslave one another as well. The Viking era, they would have other Europeans as slaves to be able to roll their boats to take care of their crops and they were looked down terribly in their culture. There are so many cultures that did that. So the identity politics is crap. People that try and push the identity politics as a Is a mainstream conversation, to me, it drives me absolutely nuts because you could look at every single culture and find something wrong with something that they've done. And then at some point, having been a victim as well, it's time for us to move forward. And doing reparations in any way, shape or form is not a good idea. Keeping people on the government dole is not a good idea. It's not actually helping anybody in any way, shape or form, as opposed to the handout to help them or the hand up instead of a handout. And that's what we have to promote in society, and we have to get back to that. But in the woke culture that we're in today, it makes it extremely difficult to actually advocate for that. And when you talk about that, by the way, then you're by default just a terrible racist you are like the bottom of the barrel you are an absolute racist because you don't believe in appropriations you don't believe in actual reparations you don't believe in actually trying to think that somebody's a victim over somebody else and that you can't say these things because if they said it to you it's cool but if you say it to them then you're a racist like that's the society we live in and that's what we have to start weeding and getting rid of which is why as a millennial we're trying to rebrand younger generations because this whole discussion is stupid lots more coming up on the voice reason stay here You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. Republic.
1: You're listening to the Voice of
0: Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right you are. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a Wednesday, halfway through the week, the greatest day of the entire week. Come on, let it ride for a second. Come on.
1: Let's do it. As I was going on.
0: The yeah, you know what? I know, I know, and I don't care. Twenty-four minutes past the hour, radio, TV, and the live streaming—it is a celebration. You gotta have a little fun, right? You gotta be able to break up the monotony throughout the week and have a little fun with the celebration that is today. Hopefully, you're wearing green. If you have not, then what the heck's wrong with you. Let's get into what's trending today. What do you say? What's
1: trending today.
0: What's trending today is that as we talk about statewide movements outside of identity politics, which is absolutely absurd, and I've said my bit from it, and we're going to move on from there. It's uh, Identity politics is something that if we ever get rid of, then we can move forward. But with those that are so, quote-unquote, woke that focus their entire lives on identity politics, we're never going to get rid of it. We will never do. Even trying to balance out the equilibrium here, trying to do reparations to try and make people, you know, apologize or try and bring people, if you just stop, talking about identity politics, you don't focus on it, you don't think about it, you don't think about the skin color or the religion or the heritage or the gender or the sexual orientation, I don't care. You just focus on are you a good person, are you going to do the job during the day, are you going to be a nice person in the community, then cool, let's go about our day. Done. End of story. And until then, we're not going to fix it. And we can bang our head against the wall if we want to with it, but it's not going to change anything. But uh, as we talk about these states' rights, states trying to change things from within, trying to make things better from within because really the states are what's going to drive us either good or bad in one direction or the other. California is working on a recall against Governor Gavin Newsom. It's about day gone time as we try and get rid of that guy. And uh, they've been working on it hard. It's about ready to go to a judge to confirm the recall vote as they need 1.5 million signatures to place the proposal upon a ballot for the voters. And organizers say they have collected more than 2 million of the 1.5 million needed since June. They say the collection surged in the fall and winter as anger intensified about Newsom's handling of the COVID-19 pandemic just locking everything down. And so far, more than 80% of the 2 million signatures that they've gathered have been validated by the California Secretary of State's office. So that's good news. Uh, According to the Associated Press, Newsom and the Democrat allies have cast the recall attempt as a politically driven power grab in the appearances on national news programs Monday and Tuesday this week. And he tried to tie the recall to extremist groups as well. If you're a Republican or even if you're a moderate Democrat that doesn't believe in absolute government control, that doesn't believe in absolute taxation, that doesn't believe in absolute lockdown from COVID-19, that doesn't believe in absolute environmental movements to where you need to completely uproot your entire livelihood, completely uproot your entire business, completely uproot your entire existence in order to pander to the environmentalist movement, then you're an extremist. Now that to them that's not extremist. You're an extremist for not believing in that stuff. I mean, we literally have like San Francisco to where you can get a citation from the city for barbecuing in your backyard because of smell violations polluting the atmosphere. Yes, that's a real thing. Uh, that's the direction that they've gone. And with him shutting everything down for COVID, that's why, like, Elon Musk ended up just leaving. He's like, I can't do this anymore. And he moved his uh, his company, the Prius stuff, he's moved the manufacturing from that down to Texas. Shocker. Everybody wants to go to Texas. There's less taxes. There's less regulation. You can do whatever the heck you want to do. While they try to demonize the state of Texas with, like, the energy thing from the cold front, uh, which is completely absurd and ridiculous, and we talked with Joe Pags about that one, uh, then California now starting to realize, wait a second, maybe we've gone too far. And maybe this is a sign for the rest of the nation. Maybe this is the sign that maybe the progressive values are going just a little bit too far. When Californians are saying, wait a second, you guys are going too far here, then maybe you've crossed the line. And he's right in line with the AOC, with the Bernie Sanders, with the Elizabeth Warren, with that movement that's going on right now. He's right in line with it. And they want to recall him. California. Now, whether a Republican will get in there or maybe a more moderate Democrat, I don't know. But good riddance, Gavin Newsom. Time to go. Bye. When we come back, Julio Gonzalez will be talking about not only just California, where he's from, but he'll be talking about some of the other tax laws going into place as well as we move forward through the 2021 year. Stay here.
1: The Voice of Reason
0: with Andy Hoosier. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Who's Your Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When reason meets radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right you're all. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out today on a midweek celebration but better than that oh yeah come on
1: let's roll
0: happy st patrick's day to the greatest holiday of the entire year i know it i know it radio and tv plus the live streaming and podcasting thereafter as well. We are all over the place, and we appreciate you hanging out, plus the website at whosyourreason.com, trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag, trying to rebrand the Millennial Generation 1 radio listener at a time. I cannot believe that we are halfway through the program already. I'm excited for our next guest, though, as we kind of shift gears a little bit and talk about the latest and what's trending. What's trending today? What's trending today is that we are going to really just go in financial ruins. I don't know how we're going to come back from this stuff. We've talked about it the last few days. $3 trillion in a deficit for the just first six months of the fiscal year of 2021. We have a tax bill now trying to increase taxes, which will be the biggest one since 1993. We have a budget that we won't even start looking at till the summertime, and they're not going to pass it on as appropriations with the appropriation process of the 12 different bills and looking at it and looking at what can go in, what can go out, what we can do to refine here, try and cut some spending, try to refine We're not going to do any of that. We're going to do the big omnibus bill, the big porculous bill to jump and throw in everything we want to. And then Democrats are going to ram it through because why the heck not? Talk about all this and more. I'm excited to have back. It's been too long since we've talked to this guy on the show. He is the CEO of Engineered Tax Services. We're excited to have on the program Julio Gonzalez with us here. Julio, how are you, my friend?
1: Good, good. I think you summed it up perfectly.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're, we're in a mess here, aren't we? We're, there's a lot of money going out. And even though we had record tax revenue coming in for the first five months, I heard, between October and February, we were still a trillion dollars with a deficit. So even with record amounts of money going into the government, we still spent way more.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're really, you know, this America Rescue Plan was really an American redistribution of wealth plans. And from the taxpayers to the non-taxpayers, we know that, right? And that's really setting the stage for what you say comes October when they can do reconciliation again, which is this massive tax bill that's coming. We all see it coming in October when they can do reconciliation. They don't need any Republican votes through that process. And we're going to look at double income tax rates, doubling. We're going to look at all the gains... raising we're going to look at the
0: wealth tax for the first time in our country wow uh, the fact that we would do that even before the pandemic's completely over and even thereafter i mean we just went through a year of shutting down the economy which we've never done before ever just to say sorry you can't go to work your business is non-essential we're going to shut you down they're already struggling we've already shut down so many different uh, bars restaurants nightclubs retail stores uh, whatever just because they couldn't keep their employees they couldn't stay open they couldn't survive and now we're going to raise taxes to me that just doesn't make any sense
1: now we're going to raise taxes after creating this rescue plan where we're basically taking a big portion of this and giving it from the states and the taxpayers that did pay into the states to the bailout of the states that didn't pay and didn't open up wow you know that's a huge hit to the uh deficit when we're giving $360 billion to bail out states that never opened up.
0: This is really taking the whole distribution, as you mentioned, the the, the idea of wealth redistribution in the nation's socialism. I mean, this is a, a larger grand scale than we've ever seen. I mean, they're calling it the most progressive bill in American history. Is it really?
1: Well, no one looked at the fine print, and obviously the media is not going to cover this, right? But we have the stimulus payment, right? 1400 per individual. 2800 for couples, another 1400 per children. But the fine print here is that you, as a spouse, don't have to be a registered U.S. citizen to get that payment, right, or your children. It goes to all the prisoners that didn't generate over $75,000 on their 2019 tax returns. So a big bulk of this is going to people that, A, are in prison, or B, undocumented citizens. That's a travesty, right? I mean the unemployment benefits, extending people staying at home through September now, right? So we can say that they can continue to get the free stay-at-home check weekly. And if they have a student loan, that's forgiven. Affordable health care now becomes free for them. So we're all paying for that, right? We're paying for all that. We've increased the child tax credit. And there again, you don't have to be a documented citizen here in the United States and remember, on the vaccinations, 160 billion in vaccinations. Don't have to be a U.S. citizen to get the free vaccination.
0: Good golly! Now you mentioned student loan forgiveness. That's in the COVID bill. I did not hear about the student loan forgiveness being in the in the COVID bill.
1: Yeah, 200 billion for the student loan forgiveness. Right. So now is that for everybody? Is that
0: just for a select individual?
1: Yeah, I mean it's for the people that don't pay taxes. Right. <laughs> if you make a certain amount of income, you still have to pay your student loan. Right. So. Obviously, that's what this whole stimulus bill was about, right, was, listen, if you're not paying income, you're not paying taxes, then we'll get you that money from the people that do pay taxes. That's what this is. And really, it's to set up October. So now they can say, listen, we got this huge deficit. Everything we did, which is redistribute the wealth, didn't bring back the economy. Yeah. Because remember, in this $1.9 trillion package, only, what, 20 20 20 billion goes to small businesses, right, to help stimulate the economy. But then what you said, we're going to tax them again. But the 20 billion that's going to the small businesses, that's the only part of this whole stimulus plan that has to be paid back. So now these small businesses are going to take this 20 billion, pay it back, and pay it back at high income tax rates because they're going to get, you know, re- rewarded with opening up businesses, creating employment with higher tax rates, right? Coming out of a
0: Pandemic. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be a disaster. We're talking with Julio Gonzalez, CEO of Engineered Tax Services. Let's talk about this fall for a second. As you mentioned, I mean, October is when the federal budget needs to be done. At the same time, we have the unemployment benefits extended through uh, into September now as well. Uh, which I've always said you give the government an inch, they take two miles. We've extended it. We're still going to have people by then even still concerned about going back to work. I feel very vulnerable. I've even gotten the shop and I'm afraid I'm going to get the virus. I'm afraid we're going to spread the virus. I don't feel safe. I don't feel comfortable coming back to work right now. I need to stay on here. It's just just the opportunity for, as you mentioned, as they're looking at the budget, and saying, wow, the economy didn't come back the way we needed it to, so we need to continue to spend, we need to continue to distribute, we need to continue to try and help these individuals. Do you think that we're going to see these unemployment benefits, the additional payments for unemployment, be permanent or at least extended even further out because we want to create that nanny state?
1: No question about it. This this rescue plan is really about buying vote plan, right? They want to buy those votes, they want to secure those votes for the midterm, for the next presidential election. This is what it's all about, dependency, right? It's easier... This plan is not about the hand-up, it's about the hand-out, right? When we did the hand-up plan, when we created 2017 tax reform, what did we do? We lowered the income tax rates. What did we have? The lowest unemployment for all classes, minorities. And what did we have? The stock market at the all-time high. We stopped the regulations. We put the tariffs in so that we had fair trade not free trade but we want to wipe that out right and we want to come to uh come out of this pandemic give away all you know we want to transfer the wealth and then open up the businesses to the highest highest tax rates possible how do we come back from that look how did new york react to the higher tax rates the regulations not opening up the people in california the people that can move move right Right. the businesses from california went to texas the businesses from new york went to florida So how is that going to work on a global perspective when the companies that just moved here and can move anywhere are going to move right back out? They're going to go to Puerto Rico because they're going to go to the different islands. They're going to go to different countries with lower tax rates like they already were before the tax reform and before we brought them back. They'll take the jobs there and we'll have the, you know, we're looking at the Great Depression. I mean, this is the only math that adds up.
0: Is there any way to stop something like this? I mean, they have the control of the House. They have a slim majority in the Senate, just based on a tiebreaker with the, you know, with the the override by by Vice President Kamala Harris. But I'm sure a couple of Republicans are going to jump on board with this as well. Is there any chance of trying to stop this stuff?
1: Well, I know you have a couple of liberals that are conservative in some regards, like Manchin. I mean, so there's some possibility. He held out for the. He didn't approve the artificial wage stimulation, thank goodness we don't have that now. We don't have the fifteen dollar minimum wage. Yeah. That was thanks to him. We got the four hundred down to three hundred thanks to him. I think him and a couple other people probably will see that their community is not supporting this and hopefully they'll look at this when they come with the tax reform. We gotta listen, we can't pass that wealth transfer tax because everyone will leave the country i mean every you know they'll figure out ways not to do it the, the wealthy figure out how to not pay taxes right the corporations figure out where to go right but when they go they take the jobs
0: Yeah, no, that's very true. Last question before we let you go. We got just about a minute or so left, but let's talk about people filing taxes in about a month or so. And then even next year with all the COVID stimulus, with all the stuff that's going on, I mean, is it going to be more complicated this year? Is it going to be coming back to bite us if we're trying to file our taxes this year? What could tax season look like for this year?
1: Well, you know, fortunately, you know, the IRS said they're going to extend right through May 15th now. So we've got some breathing room because listen, we just changed the tax code by another 1,000 pages last week with this America Rescue Plan on top of the 1,000 pages of tax code we added in December with that care plan, and then we have the original care bailout plan in uh, March of last year, right after that. So we have all these new tax codes, and now the tax codes that we just passed last week are retroactive, right? So we have to go back and amend previous tax returns to fix all those, take advantage of all these credits, So a lot of these tax benefits apply to last year, so now we have to go back and fix that. Then we have to learn all these new tax rules. So, you know, it's going to take a lot of people coming up to speed. What I do recommend, though, a couple things. If you didn't get your stimulus check last year on on both occasions, you can put that now on your tax return on line 33, and that will be refunded through your tax return filing for 2020. So that's a good thing. And then ultimately, you know, it's probably the time where you probably would want to get with an accountant. Just make sure that, you know, listen, we have employment retention credits, child credits. Make sure you get
0: them all. Start getting them all. I love it. Julio Gonzalez, CEO of Engineered Tax Services. It's good to talk to you, my friend. It's been way too long. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you. Let's get you back on the show again real soon. Thank you so much. Hey, good to talk to you, my friend. We'll take a break. Wrap up today right here on the Voice Reason. Stay tuned with Andy Hoosier. You're listening to The Voice of Reason
1: with Andy Hoosier. Darn right you are.
0: Welcome back into the program. Thanks to Julio Gonzalez coming on the program, talking about the taxes, talking about the COVID bailouts, talking about the money. This is serious. I mean, we are in serious you-know-what with this nation with how much money is going out, and they don't care. They want it to be that way. Do you want all these corporations to leave? Guess who's the tax burden is going to be on? You. You with the small business. You, the private individual. You're going to see your taxes go up and up and up and up and up. And then they're going to say, We can't survive. We can't live. Guess what? We'll just have to raise the minimum wage. Oh, that'll solve everything. Then we can have inflation. Then we can have the prices of everything go up again. And then it's going to be more expensive to do things. And up and up and up and up. It's what the progressives like because they just don't understand common sense and reason. So that's why we are here to try to bring you that common sense and reason each and every day, trying to rebrand that millennial generation and get rid of that socialist garbage that's been infiltrated into your brain every single day. I want to shift gears a little bit though and kind of have, you know, a little bit of fun with the St. Patrick's Day celebration, which we have. But at the same time, I want to talk about something serious because we need to be aware of what they're doing elsewhere. Outside of the economy, outside of what they're trying to do to bankrupt the nation, to try and do these bailouts, extend the benefits, to try and raise the government spending to do these omnibus bills and just kind of ram through whatever they want. They, the other agenda is to make you completely helpless to where you can do nothing about that. And that, of course, is trying to restrict the Second Amendment rights that you have in this nation. And the way they're going to do that is by demonizing. Because remember now, if you are a Republican, if you are a Trump supporter, if you are a conservative or a constitutionalist in any way, shape, or form, you are a domestic terrorist. Have you heard? As I love those commercials. Have you heard? Yeah. You are a domestic terrorist for believing in Trump, for believing in conservative principles, for believing in the Constitution. You are now a domestic terrorist. And they try to lump it in any chance that they actually get. Now, I'm sure you've heard the news this uh, today about the shooting down in Georgia at a massage parlor, an Asian massage parlor. You wonder what goes on there. But the guy goes there, ends up shooting up the massage parlor and killing eight individuals, most of them being the Asian women that worked at this said massage parlor. Now, the headline from the media, suspect in Georgia, this is from a local news story here in Kansas. Suspect in Georgia, massage parlor shootings charged with murder and assault. Here's what the first headline says. A white gunman, because you got to define who he is, a white gunman accused of killing eight people, most of them women of Asian descent. You can't even say Asian women anymore. It's got to be women of Asian descent. Uh, But a white guy, you got to clarify that. It's a white dude that walked in, killed eight people, most of them women of Asian descent, at three Atlanta area massage parlors, was charged with murder today in the attack that sent terror through the Asian community that's been increasingly been targeted during the coronavirus pandemic. Stop for just a second. Just that paragraph by itself shows exactly what they're trying to do. It's a white guy. He killed Asian women. And the Asian population has been under attack because of the coronavirus and because racists that believed in Donald Trump that calls it the China virus, the Donald Trump China virus, because we say China virus. Now, automatically, any white person that attacks an Asian is doing it in a hate crime because they're a bunch of gullible, unintelligent, uneducated idiots, because that's what they think you are, who are attacking Asian people because they blame them for the coronavirus. This is the warped mind that the media has now put into your head. You are a white person. You are killing Asians because you're unintelligent. You're uneducated. You don't have a college degree. You don't know what's going on in the world. You hate Asian people because Donald Trump said it's from China with the China virus. And therefore, you hate Asian people. And then that's why he went in and killed all these women at massage parlors because of the increasing concern about the coronavirus pandemic, and now he's just going in wiping out massage parlors with all these Asian individuals in them. Now, we later find out that he's a quote-unquote sex addict and had sex addictions and went to these massage parlors frequently. So I don't know if he got the raw end of the deal or he was just raw by the end of the deal. I don't really know what was going on, but at the end of the day, that was the reason for it. But to call him white and he killed Asian people and he used a gun, so therefore now you're a domestic terrorist— you hate Asians. And, oh, by the way, we need to get rid of the gun because you are falling into that category. You're falling into the category of being the evil white guy, killing minorities, and using firearms to do it. Regardless of what the motive was, doesn't matter what the motive was. Even though he was a sex addict and went to massage parlors for whatever reason, it uh, doesn't matter what the motive was. The real reason he's white, he killed Asians, he used a gun, that's going to be used on the Floor of the House or on the floor of the Senate talking about these gun restrictions, gun regulations, because a domestic terrorist, a white guy, probably a Trump supporter, probably a guy who just hated Asians or hated women, he was a sexist and a racist, killed these gals, and therefore we need gun control because you are a domestic terrorist. They've created all in just one little paragraph, one, two sentences right there in the mainstream media. That does it for us today. Podcast going up a little bit. Back at it tomorrow. Until then, time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you. Go out and celebrate. Have a great time. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram,